We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike Detilia along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We're on until 8 o'clock tonight, so if you're in the area here in Bay St. Louis, come on by and see us. And uh, like I say, we'll be on until 8 o'clock. A uh, special happy birthday to a charter member here of the Houdat Nation, also a big-time regular listener at WWL Radio, Miss Ann Palmer. It's her birthday today, so Ann, happy birthday to you. On our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, Miss Chessa Boucher from Baton Rouge Proud. She was in Columbia, South Carolina yesterday. Oh, Chessa, uh, <laughs> you saw a beatdown that was pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, Chess, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. But uh, first of all, I got to ask you because I, I know you play, you've played a lot of basketball in your life and you've watched it. Have you ever seen a team piece together like what the South Carolina women's team is? They they got every piece of the puzzle. Yeah, Don Staley has built an absolute powerhouse there at South Carolina and. The bigs that she brought in and just the size, the depth, and the experience just showed. It was, I mean, LSU came out and got punched in the mouth. You know, the first two minutes had two turnovers turned into six points, and Kim called a timeout, tried to kind of regroup there, and I just, it was it was a beat down. It was not a whole lot of fun to watch. And um, having a front row seat there and just watching a team who is, you know, 23-0 and, and felt like this was the year something's going to happen, even though it's just year two with Kim Mulkey. It was disappointing not to compete. They pulled within three midway through the second quarter, but it just, they were undersized and just overpowered from tip-off till, you know, the last point scored. It was just, it was brutal. And I'm sitting, actually, I'm not even back in Baton Rouge yet. I had to stay there an extra day. Um, trying to fly out of Atlanta now, so uh, just kind of salt to the wound sitting. Um, From Columbia to Atlanta, but you stuck in Atlanta. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I'm just like, can we get over this game already? <laughs> Chessa, no. uh, th- this goes back a few years, but what I saw yesterday reminded me a little bit of those UCLA teams under John Wooden where, you know, before they played freshmen, uh, you know, they had the freshman team and then the varsity team. And Wooden mm-hmm. would say the only people that can beat my varsity team was my freshman team. And watching <laughs> South Carolina with those well, bigs that they have, I mean, LSU was never really in this game at well, all. Well, well, well and, and, you know, Chester, like Mike's saying, and uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know why this came to my mind. I'm like, okay, you look at, like, Who's the top five teams uh, in, in uh, women's basketball? I, I said, or just look at the whole nation. You look at Stanford, mm-hmm. LSU, and all that. You Connecticut. Connecticut, yeah. UConn. You can make an all-star team, and they still might not beat South Carolina. <laughs> I agree. It, 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 that's, I think that's a fair assessment. I think you're close. Jess? Oh, without a doubt. If you look at their bench points, 
46 bench points in that ball game. If you take the starting five for South Carolina and the five that come off the bench, you could have a starting five at pretty much any one power five school for women's basketball. And I think that speaks volumes. I really, so I grew up in the days with Louisiana Tech being kind of the dynasty going head to head with Tennessee. And it just gave me that feeling of what Pat Summit had built there at Tennessee. She has length, she has height, and they're going to run and gun you, and they're going to pound it down low. And that's exactly what they did. Kim even said, like, hey, they played a wonderful ball game, but they were so much more talented. But I don't think a lot of people look at what Kim has done in year two. If you look at the roster, this is the only one that she from last year's team, and she put up a hell of a fight. Obviously, you can't beat the reigning national champs with just one player, but she gave it a go. But like you guys said, this ball game never felt close. It was just just a beat down. But Kim said a few times in the post-game press conference that she wants another shot at them. And I asked her, like, how would you approach this game next time? Obviously, you're not going to be able to bring in any more size or any more talent. How would you approach this game? And she said, you know, we would look at maybe trying to slow the game down, kind of wearing down the shot clock and maybe trying to make them work even more. And I, I just don't know how you beat a team like that with this size. I think for me, you would think about trying to go at them and get them into foul trouble because that's about the only thing you're going to be able to do unless you have one of those nights where you're shooting the three really well. And obviously LSU didn't do that. They only had two threes in the entire game. But, yeah, I just I think they are primed and ready to go back-to-back there with Don Staley. Chelsea, when I look at um... – uh, you know what I was impressed with is that uh, it just goes to show you if you have a winning product out there, the people will come. Uh, you know, we love sports. And uh, my understanding, uh, now you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was like 18,000 plus that, yeah, that was in, in, in Columbia yep. watching. So uh, how crowded the, the, were the you, Jess? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just telling you, I, if the product is out there, you know, you have a variety of sports and that, uh, that, that people will come if yeah. you have a dominant program. Oh, 100%. And that game had been sold out two weeks in advance. And like you said, 18000 there. I'll tell you um, so a little bit about me. I played college basketball at Ole Miss my freshman year, and then I didn't play ball after that. But I ended up playing semi-pro. But that was one of the best college women's basketball experiences I've ever seen. It really felt like a Final Four atmosphere. The crowd was involved. It was entertaining. They were live. It just, I hadn't seen a venue like that for a women's college basketball probably in my lifetime. And I, again, I grew up Louisiana Tech and what they were able to do, but the Thomas Assembly Center was never rocking like that. Chessa, uh, you got to be impressed with Kim has pieced together. It's just year two. And he'll get, uh, I think you got to look at it. She comes in as the most accomplished head coach that's ever been hired by this school, ever. When you look at those national championships she's won, you look at that win-loss record. But it is going to take a little time. And I'm interested to see how this comes together. Not because year one, it was a lot of expectations, and she met it. Year two is normally kind of you come to reasoning what we need to get to really make year three and four work. Is that your thought, too, with Kim? I know you know uh, Kim really well. 
in that this is sort of building up to what she's going to piece together in year three and four. Oh, absolutely. So, again, a little bit of background. I grew up a Kim Mulkey fan. All I ever wanted to do was go to Louisiana Tech and play ball for Leon Barmore with Kim as an assistant. And when she left and went to Baylor, I looked into going to Baylor, and she flat out told me, like, Chess, I love you. You're just not on, you know, this level that I'm building here. And I was like, fair enough, coach. So I've gone way back with her. I've known her since I was seven years old. Kim is known for playing incredible defense, and she brings in the talent. But even more so, she always has dominant post players. Her being a point guard, you'll ask her, you know, what's your favorite position on the floor? And she'll tell you a post because post makes everybody else's life better around them because you can play that inside-out game. So when Kim took over the program, what she was left with after Nikki Fargus left, it was not a whole lot on that tree, that branch. It was very thin. And um, Alexis Morris and Kayla Pointer kind of wielded this team into what they were able to do in year one and exceeded my expectations because, again, I covered women's basketball the previous two years and just what she was able to do and to be the number two seed and host for the first time, I think, since like 2014 was just super impressive. And then to go out in the transfer portal, bring in Angel Reese and the talent that she brought in, you just look at it and really you're not surprised. I am surprised that they are 23-1. and I didn't expect them to have this type of success early on. I will say their strength of schedule is um, – is weak compared to what she's used to scheduling, but she admitted, like, I didn't know when I was scheduling this year the talent that I was going to have on this roster where she would have scheduled differently, but you can't, you know, go back and change that. So she's doing what she can with the talent that she's brought in. I think she's definitely ahead of schedule. I don't think anybody expected her to have them, you know, they dropped from three to now five in the AP poll, but I don't think people expected them to have the type of season they're having just in year two and to have the number one recruiting class come in next year, man, if we're not talking Final Four next year, I would be stunned, especially since Angel Reese is only a junior. And I don't – I expect Kim to find another big so she can have what I call the twin towers to be able to play off of each other. Now, uh, Chelsea, along those lines, though, because uh, but the game has changed. You know, uh, you know, you got to uh, focus on name, image, and likeness and all that. And then you got the transfer portal. But more name, image, and likeness when you have a star player. Okay. So when you bring up, because I know enough about women's basketball. Okay. You look at Louisiana Tech. You look at Pat Summon at Tennessee. Uh, you look at UConn, University of Connecticut. And then you look at Coach Malkey when she was at Baylor. And then you look at where the South Carolina Gamecocks are at. How do you keep all those stars in place? And then is it a continuous process and recruiting to entice them to come to university? Isn't it a lot more or more challenging than it was in the past because of maybe name, image, and likeness to take care of the players? And it's almost like a pro team before you have a pro team. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But I think with what Kim has been able to do, she brought in Jennifer Roberts as an assistant, and she has a hand dealing with the name, image, and likeness. It's a position that a lot of universities don't have, and she directly deals with that. And I think a lot of these younger athletes see from LSU, and especially this women's basketball program, they get a lot of notoriety. They get a lot of perks 
that a lot of other D1, maybe college women's basketball programs aren't getting. But like you said, when you're winning, it's easy to bring the talent in because they want to be a part of that. And I think Kim is the master of bringing in phenomenal talent, getting them to buy in and getting the best out of what she has. You know, maybe if her, she's not bringing in the top grade talent, she's going to get the very best from every girl that she has on that roster. And I think we saw that last year, and I think we're seeing that this year. And yeah, I think it'll be easier for her to, you know, bring home a national championship at LSU, especially in these first few years with what she's already been able to accomplish. Chester, you talk about pressure. It's on Jay Johnson. I mean, you think about, you know, that recruiting class year one. Uh, I had a friend of mine tell me when they hired him, hey, they have hired the Steve Spurrier of college baseball. You're going to have some exciting games. They're going to put up a lot of runs. They can hit the ball. Now, his big question was, can he get the pitching and the defense to match? Uh, man, Well, he has the prospect. It's right around the corner now. they got to do it. You talk about yeah. – a place that's going to be rocking if LSU's baseball team gets even close to the expectations hey, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is being given, well, well, not only locally but nationally. Yes, uh, just like Mike's saying, I'm, I can tell you what. Skim Bertman and Paul Maneri, they've never been this much pressure. When you got the number one oh. recruiting class, the number one transfer portal, no, it's unbelievable, the expectation. It's almost like... LSU fans think, oh, we got a major league team right here in Baton Rouge. (laughs) (laughs) No, we Being around Jay Johnson, he reminds me, he's a lot like Nick Saban. He has that mentality of he is going to get it done. He is so meticulous. And I think what he's been able to do with the transfer portal and the talent he's brought in um, after losing the, the way they did in the regional to Southern Miss and not, have that Friday, Saturday starter and that pitching rotation like he wanted. They tried to kind of piece it together. I think he went out and he was like, you know what, I'm going to make this my mission to bring in who I need to bring in because he didn't want to have another season like that. He pulled a Michael Jordan and took it personally and was like, this is not going to be how it's going to be here at LSU with me running the ship. And I think uh, Paul Skeens, I watched him throw a little bit this fall the way the ball comes out of his hand and the way it hits the mitt, it is just nasty and hard and just fire. I cannot wait to see them play. I think these expectations are absolutely warranted. I think the talent that's here, and uh, I even asked Coach Johnson, I was like, you know, is this the most talented team you've ever coached? And he kind of smirked at me, and he was like, absolutely. And I, it was just one of those things of, you know, some coaches will be like, well – he didn't even hesitate, and he was like, absolutely. And he was like, this team is just bought in. And uh, even at media day, when we interviewed the guys, everything that they talked about was that they're talented and that they want to go to Omaha and the chemistry. And we asked, like, how is the chemistry so good? With You know, not all of y'all have been here. Y'all have had a lot of transfers. Like, how are y'all so close? And they were like, we just want to get it done, and we're willing to do it whatever it costs and we're okay with whoever gets you know all the accolades because we don't care as long as we get it done as a team and I think that speaks volumes because like you talked about Bobby this day and age so many athletes want it to be all about them and I think Jay Johnson isn't going to let that be an issue 
Chessa, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I know you're flying around. Don't stay in Atlanta too long. They're going to try to make you a Falcons fan. <laughs> oh, they know better than that. And I'll still tell them they still don't have a ring. So. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Chess. Appreciate All right. it, Thanks, All right. Thanks Chess Boucher from Baton Rouge Proud and a former college basketball player herself. Also played some semi-pro basketball. So she knows what she's talking about. We'll be back with more second guests right after this break on the Big 870. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.